So be praying for her. If you got your Bibles, turn to the book of Romans, chapter number 5. Very familiar scripture. My favorite verse is in this chapter, and we will read it. But starting in verse number 1, the Bible says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I want to jump over to verse number 20. The Bible says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this day that you've given us. I thank you, Father, for your blessings upon us. I thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us. I thank you most of all for your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you'll be with me tonight, Lord. Pull me out of the way, Lord. Hide me behind the cleft of the rock, Lord. Help me, Father, to be found doing what you have me to do, Lord. I love you, Father, and I thank you, Lord. For ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I love this chapter. This is probably my favorite chapter in all of Scripture. It shows the justification of the sinner. The first verse says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith unto this grace wherein we stand. We have access to God through Jesus Christ. That was the purpose of Him dying for us, that we might get to heaven and get to see Him again. We have access directly to Him. Now, the Catholic Church will tell you you've got to go through a man to talk to God. That's a lie. The Bible teaches right here, we have access to God through Jesus Christ. There is nothing that we cannot do without Him. We can do all things through Him. The Bible teaches us that. But so often we find ourselves, the Bible says here, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. I was thinking about that verse as I was studying this out this afternoon. Don't be ashamed of where you've come from through Jesus Christ. He pulled you out of a pit that you were in. He pulled you out of sin. Don't be ashamed of that. You can be ashamed of your sin that you once had, but don't be ashamed of what He did for you. Don't be ashamed of that. So often we, we, we find ourselves not able to share our testimonies because we're ashamed of them. Don't be ashamed of your testimony. That is the most precious tool in your arsenal for God is your testimony. If, because sometimes we don't have this at, by our side all the time. But you've got your testimony. Our testimony is what we share with others. To tell others what Jesus Christ did for us in our lives. That's a wonderful thing. If He pulled you out of a drug habit... That's a good thing that Christ pulled you from that drug habit. If He pulled you from alcoholism, that's a wonderful thing that Christ pulled you out of that sin. Don't be ashamed of that. The Apostle Paul went through so many trials and tribulations. He was killing Christians. He mentions that in his preaching. What he used to do. What he used to be. 
But he was justified by Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, as are every one of us that are saved. We have justification through Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful. When yet we were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Every single person in this room was ungodly at one time. I'm still ungodly. But it's that precious blood of Jesus Christ that's been applied to my life that makes me justified in the eyes of God. Much more being then now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. When we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. I looked up the word reconciled. I knew what it meant, but I wanted to get the Webster Dictionary for it. To be made friendly again towards. We were at one time, we were enemies of God. We were. We were the enemy of God. But Christ came on the scene and we were reconciled to God. Which means we were, we were made friendly again toward God. Without Jesus Christ, we don't have access to God. Aren't you thankful for that access to the Heavenly Father tonight? Aren't you thankful that Jesus Christ came and He died for you and He suffered for you? That you can have access to God. I was talking to the kids this morning in children's church. Jackson's my son. You all have seen him. He's cute, isn't he? He's mine. And guess what? I love him far more than I love anyone in this room. I do. I'm not going. You all, you all expect that of me. I would not kill my son for anybody in this room. I'm sorry. I wouldn't. God did. Think, think about your child. Would you give up your child for me? Absolutely not. I wouldn't expect you to. God did. Think about that. For God so loved the world that He gave. He gave. He gave His only begotten Son. Only. Only begotten. Jackson is my only begotten Son that I have. He's the only one I've got. And I could not give Him up for anybody in this room. But God commendeth His love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God sent His only Son, the only one He had, to die for you and for me. So often, that needs to be in the forefront of our minds as Christians. What that truly, truly means. Next time you look at your child, think about God gave that up. God gave up His Son just for you. So you could be justified. So you could be reconciled to God. Because your sin kept you away from God. As you go on through this chapter, Christ and Adam are contrasted toward one another. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. By one man's sin being Adam, we were all destined to die and go to hell. For unto the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense also is the free gift. For through the offense of one, many be dead, but much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many.
And not as it was by one man's sin, so, so the gift. The judgment by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offensive unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they receive abundance of grace. And of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. There's a lot of good stuff in this chapter. By the offense of one man, being Adam. Adam messed up one time, and it screwed it up for everybody. But... By the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. By the obedience of Jesus Christ, by, through His Father, we are all made righteous in the eyes of God. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. The sin was abounding in our lives but the grace of God abounded so much more. That love of Jesus Christ abounded so much, it wiped away our sins. It keeps us in the grace of God. That blood, that precious blood that Jesus Christ shed for us on Calvary. That was the most gruesome act in all of Scripture. The crucifixion. But it was by His obedience, by His Father. Christ's one and only purpose to come to this earth. He did miracles. He did wonderful things. Was to die. That we could live. By one man's obedience. Is, is sin abounding in your life tonight? Is the grace of God not keeping you safe anymore? I'm so thankful for this Word. I'm so thankful for what this Word does for me in my life. I don't read it like I ought to. I don't pray like I ought to. But this book, this is Jesus Christ. I believe that with all of my heart. For in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God. And the Word was with God. Whenever you open up this book, you're opening up Jesus Christ. Whenever you open up this book and you begin to read from its precious pages, you begin to understand what God can truly do in your life and truly do for you through that justification. Tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. I think about a lot of things as I read, read my Bible, and I think about verses in very particular ways. Your tribulations that you go through on a regular, daily basis, we all face them. We all get up in the morning and we're attacked. We go throughout our day and we're attacked. We go to bed at night and we're attacked every day by the devil all over us. But I'm here to tell you, those attacks, God can take them and use them for His good. There are things in your life that you will face that no one else is going to face. But the moment someone does, you can relate, you can understand, and God can use that as a witness. Anyone in this room, I don't know your hearts, I don't know some of your testimonies. 
You're battling alcoholism before you got saved and God pulled you out of that. You can witness to someone through that. That's why God pushed tribulations in our lives. They help us gain what? Experience. And then what? And patience. Patience, then experience. And hope. We have hope through Jesus Christ tonight. Aren't you thankful for that? It's a wonderful thing. We have hope through Jesus Christ. We know and we understand it all the time. Well, I know I have hope. Do you? So often we walk around with sad looks on our face. Why is this happening to me? And I do it. I do it. We, we, me, I'm included. So often Satan will begin to just pour things all over us and get us down to our knees. But sometimes that is the best place to be. Sometimes that, that is the one place that we need to get sometimes. We need to humble ourselves to get a hold of the altar of God. When we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Yet without strength. I'm getting a little warm up here. You don't have the strength to do anything on your own. I don't have the strength to do anything on my own. I don't. Cannot do it. I couldn't wipe away my own sin. I'm not perfect. But Jesus Christ and His abundant love toward us, He has that ability. He has the ability. We just have to trust Him. But so often, we go through our lives and and, and we hang on to all these tribulations. We hang on to all these problems. We think, I can handle it, God. I don't need You anymore. But we do. We do need Him. He, He is there for us. That's the purpose of God, is to help us. That was the purpose of His Son dying for us, to give us access by faith to Him. So we have a direct line, a direct communication to the Heavenly Father. But yet so often we squander that ability. We take it for granted that we have the ability at any time to get on our knees before a holy God and pray and talk to Him and ask Him for things. So often we, we, we forget that we have access by faith into His grace. Because I'm here to tell you right now, no one may understand what you're going through, but God does. I believe that with all of my heart. God genuinely understands. I don't understand what you're going through. I cannot tell you that. It will be a lie. But God does. God genuinely understands. And yet we don't ever talk to Him like we ought to. We we try to take all of these burdens on our own and we handle them. And then we make a mess of them. And then we get in deeper and deeper and deeper, taking every outlet we can except for the first outlet we should have taken, Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul went through a lot of things in his ministry. And yet he still considered himself chief of sinners. I love the, I love the Apostle Paul. He, he, he's probably, Romans is probably my favorite book in all the Bible. One of, there's several. They're all good though, amen. We're talking about a man that wrote, that wrote what I just read. He wrote it. He, he's been through it. The Apostle Paul, the Bible says, was beaten 40 times, save one. Given 39 lashes. 40 was a death sentence. 
cast into prison multiple times, thrown, literally thrown out of cities. That man had a lot of problems, a lot of ailments. But do you know what he said? Whenever he began to get down and out, he began to pray to God. And what did God tell him? Paul, my grace is sufficient. I think about that word sufficient. That word does not mean that you're completely full. it, It doesn't. What is something that suffices? If you're hungry, you eat an apple, it suffices. That's all we need from God. God will give us what we need when we need it. Because the moment that God begins to just pour out the blessings continuously and continuously and continuously and continuously, we begin to stop having faith in Him. We begin to stop asking Him. We begin, our, our, our faith begins to waver in Him because we get used to it. There's a purpose in tribulation. I was talking to our wonderful pastor the other day. And I say that because he is a wonderful pastor. I asked him, what was, why didn't God just destroy Satan the moment he overthrew him? Or he tried to overthrow him? Because God deserves the glory. Plain and simple. Well, why, why does the devil get after Why does God allow the devil to get after me so much? Because God wants the glory from it. Does God deserve the glory? Absolutely. But do we give him the glory that he deserves when we ought to? We are justified by faith. We have reconciliation to God, so why don't we give Him what He deserves? Because our flesh gets in the way. We let our flesh overpower us. We let our flesh take control of us. But we have access to a Heavenly Father. I know I'm repeating myself, but I I can't help it. It's so important by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. What have we got to rejoice about tonight? Are you going to heaven? That's a wonderful thing to rejoice about. Isn't it? I get to go to heaven. There's nothing greater than that. I don't have to see hell. Let's rejoice in that. God gave me a new job. Let's rejoice in that. Why? Because I'm faithful. I do my very best to please Him. And I still come short, and He still blesses me. We don't deserve this access. We don't deserve Jesus Christ. We deserve to die and go straight to hell. Every single person in this room, we deserve it. We deserve to see hell. But guess what? But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We deserve it. We deserve to die. But God's love is so much greater. God's love said, you know what? You may deserve it, but I'm going to provide a way for you to escape it. Isn't that wonderful? That's something we can rejoice in, church. That is something that we can shout about. That is something that God chose to do for us. And yet we take it for granted. 
every day. I am just as guilty as anyone in this room. I am more guilty than anyone in this room of taking that grace for granted. Taking that justification for granted. God loves us tonight, church. He loves this church. He loves everybody in this world. He loves us so much that He sent His Son to die for us. That's not something He had to do. If God wanted to, He could have killed every one of us and sent us straight to hell. And He would have been well justified in doing so. But God in His abundant grace and God in His abundant love for us, He still sent His Son. Christ still died for us. And we still have access to heaven. He pulled us out of the pit that we were in as sinners and He set us upon a rock named Jesus Christ. Christ paid our sin debt on Calvary. Christ decided to take the lashing and the beating for you and for me. Something that He didn't have to do. God didn't have to send Jesus Christ to save us. He didn't. He wasn't obligated to. Nowhere in Scripture do I see any obligation for God to save us. Except when He said that He would. And God does not go back on His Word. Aren't you thankful for that? The Bible says that the Lord is not slack concerning His promises. Thankful for that. Because He promised me heaven if I accepted Jesus Christ. Promise that to me. If you accept My Son, you can see heaven. I'm paraphrasing. Isn't that wonderful tonight? Isn't it wonderful to know that we don't have to go to some man and say, Father, forgive me, and then he talks to God on our behalf? Aren't you thankful for that? We can get all on our knees before a holy God and begin to pray, and he begins to hear us, and we're so thankful for that, aren't we? We have 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. We have access to God. So what reason do we have not to rejoice? What reason do we have not to be happy? Well, preacher, that's easy for you to say. You're not going through what I'm going through. Yeah, but you're not going through what I'm going through either. I'm here to tell you right now. I don't know what you're going through. I don't understand what you're going through. I don't act like I do. The Lord does. And we still have a reason to be happy. We still have a reason to rejoice. Because I'm here to tell you now, if you are a Christian and you walk around with a sad look on your face all the time and you're not rejoicing in God, the world sees that. The world sees that sadness. I like, I like to bump into someone, a stranger I've never even met, and look at them. Have you ever looked at somebody and just knew they were saved? They can just, just, just permeates off of them. That's your witness bearing witness for their witness. I love that. That's how we all ought to be. We ought to be so full of Jesus Christ that it just oozes out of us. But so often, we let the world and the troubles and the trials, I'll say it, we let bills and and mortgages and credit card payments and car payments and, and, and family members... We'll let all of this get on our shoulders. 
And it begins to make us frown and look unhappy. But guess what? That car belongs to the Lord. Those bills belong to the Lord. That house you're living in and sleeping in night after night, it belongs to the Lord. Everything belongs to God. And you wouldn't have any of that without Him. We could be living on the street in a cardboard box. We could. Better yet, we could be in hell tonight. But God saw different, didn't He? God in His wonderful love and grace and His Son. You know, we have justification through Jesus Christ. When God looks at you, if you're saved, He doesn't see you anymore. He sees Jesus Christ first. Without Jesus Christ, we don't have access to God. Without Jesus Christ, we don't have access to heaven. We don't have access to a helper. Someone to call night and day, thick and thin. Jesus Christ is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He understands everything you're going through. He understands everything you're going to go through. You know, I think about the disciples in the ship. I've preached on this before. Where did Christ go whenever He got in the ship? He went to the bottom of the ship and He fell asleep on a pillow. That pillow's significant. Did Christ know the storm was going to happen? Absolutely. Did Christ know they would make it through the storm even if He didn't calm the waters? Absolutely. Christ knows your storms. Christ knows exactly what you're going through before you go through it, while you're in it, and as you're coming out of it. Christ knows all of that. He says, where's your faith? When he, when he was talking to his disciples. I'm talking about a man that has the ability to simply speak the word and the weather stops. I'm talking about a God that measured out the universe in the span of his hand. He simply spoke the words and everything that you're sitting in, you drive around in, was created. He simply spoke. Can you speak anything into existence? I can't. But God can. And He did. A God that big and that miraculous and that glorious and that awesome. We use that word incorrectly just so you all know. God is genuinely awesome. And yet we can't find enough time to thank Him. And yet we can't find enough time to put our faith in Him. To trust Him with all of our problems. To trust Him Talking about a God that spoke everything into existence. That's a really big God. That's the only God. The creator of the universe that is big enough to create it, yet small enough to live inside your heart. That's a wonderful thing, isn't it? I love the Lord tonight, church. I love Him for everything that He's done for me for everything He's brought me out of, for everything He's going to do for me. Because I don't deserve any of it. I don't deserve that wonderful love of Jesus Christ. I don't deserve that justification tonight. I don't deserve to stand here and preach His Word. But He loves me so much that He died for me. 
It's not something that he had to do, church. Not something... I can't see my Bible. Amen. I love the Spirit of God tonight. Do you love the Lord tonight, church? It's good to us, isn't it? As dirty and as rotten as we are, He still loves us. All the times that we could be praising Him and we don't, I'm included. He loves us. All the times that we turned our back on Him in our lives as a Christian, times we backslid on Him, where was He? He was right there waiting for you. Like the prodigal son. I love the church tonight. I love every one of you. But the Lord loves you far more than I ever could. The Lord loves you far more than our pastor ever could. Our pastor will let you down. I'm not going to lie to you. He will. He's a man. I will let you down. Your spouses will let you down. God won't. He can't. He promised us He wouldn't. And He can't. Because God is not a liar. He can't let us down, church. And He won't. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, know this, if you are a child of God, you have been justified by your faith. You have been reconciled to God. We have access to the throne room. 